I've never been an interviewee. Really? Like I've never I've always directed. Yeah, I've always directed the flow. So this will be like <gasps> exciting. We're excited to have you on. Okay. Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Maddie. And it's time for another episode of Sisters Who Posh. We are two sisters who love thrifting and have been reselling online for the past few years. We are sharing all of our best tips and tricks along the way, as well as setting goals and updating our progress each week with brand new episodes every Tuesday. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sisters Who Posh. This week is very exciting. If you've missed the last few episodes, or if you haven't, you already know that Maddie is still out on maternity leave right now. So it is just me, Taylor. And today's really exciting because I have another special guest host <laughs> with me, Regina, aka Basic Posh Babe, aka formerly New York Posher. <laughs> hey, y'all. Yes, we're so excited to have you on. We like haven't had too many guests on the podcast that aren't just me and Maddie's family members. It's always just usually me or Maddie. And then like we've had our cousin Shelby on. We've had our Your sister dad. Macy. We had our dad on recently. <laughs> and besides that, we've only had a couple other like resellers on. So we're excited. To I be- feel so honored. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm currently drinking coffee out of the Sisters Who Posh mug. Oh my gosh. Yes. Very on brand. Very on brand. She has the merch. I'm sure all of you that are listening to this already probably follow Regina on Instagram. She's like an icon in the reseller world. Spend I would way say. too much time on the app on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I feel like that's what that indicates, you know, like. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you've been reselling a long time. So we're excited to ask you some questions a little later on in the episode. Yes. All about like your reselling journey. But since you're the official co-host, normally Maddie and I start out with like a what's going on this week update. So what's going on this week? What's new with you? I'm starting it off. So my mom is in town. So I've been spending time with her. She came out to help me with my inventory, which I need to show you guys. We've made some definite progress. All my inventory is in my sister's garage. And like before you couldn't even see the floor, really. I had like Mm. piles of clothes that like I had photographed, but like hadn't yet inputted into the inventory system. So now those are all bagged and like ready to be put into the inventory system. So that's been nice. Um, We went to a vintage market yesterday. I've been hitting up a lot of vintage markets and I've sold out a couple. Yes. We, I've mentioned on the podcast just about like, I feel, feel like through your vintage market journey, like I've been to a few you, vintage markets yes, now. Yes, and you stayed with me from like start to finish I was the, the very assistant. first vintage market. I was the yeah. assistant. Yeah. No, I, I was the worst one though. That one was like the most unsuccessful were, for me. You were getting your bearings. I was still so impressed because I feel like it was such a long day. I feel like people don't realize how much work goes into <sighs> a full day it's vintage market. the setup market. and the takedown. Yes. Yeah, it's a long full day when you do a vintage market, but like I only did the part that was like the day of, like you had to do all the prep and like loading up the car. So it's like, I can't imagine the, I feel like I still don't even know the full scope of the work. I feel like it's something also that like you could, you could cut corners or if you wanted to like 
build more of your business around it, then you could definitely like spend more time like developing more of an inventory system and like more of like a systematic approach to it. Yeah. I feel like I was kind of cutting corners. And so I didn't really have a good grasp of like what exactly sold. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it's kind of like you could put more effort into it if you wanted to, or you could like cut a little bit of corners like I did. Yeah. Kind of just depends what, how much of a part of your business you want to be. Yeah. How serious you want it to be but like so the last this vintage market i went to this past weekend it was popping and they usually are really popping but like sometimes it's like the conversion rate isn't always there like sometimes there's a lot of shoppers especially like this one that i follow called pickers playground like when they host they'll always pop off on like tiktok and reels and so like i feel like a lot of young people come but the conversion rate is not always there with them like actually buying things but this last one i talked to a couple of the vendors and they were saying it was like their best market so far like it was so good so i was like okay i think i think i need to get back into it like I, i'm yeah. ready it was indoors i feel like that's one of the reasons it did so well is oh, because it's true. like more people are coming out and like shopping since they're not having to stay out in the heat yeah, the heat, especially now that it's getting hot in Phoenix, even towards the end of the outdoor season, it was getting a little too hot to be like comfortable. Yeah, to spend like a full, like even if you spent like an hour walking around, it was like, yeah, okay, I'm kind of ready to be done right. now after that. Yeah, yeah. Dang. Well, how was the vintage market that you went to yesterday? Did you get anything? no? Yeah, it was, I didn't buy anything. It was the, the thing about those is like, there's so many people you can't even have a comfortable shopping experience. Like there's <laughs> so many people there. You can't really shop around. Like, yeah, unless you're like really serious and you're like, but I'm like, I can find this stuff at the thrift store. Like yeah, I don't, true. I don't need to like spend my time like bumping elbows with people. But yeah, it was, it was lit. Like I definitely am like getting interested in vending again. I want to go. I, I, I liked out last time because I was tired, but I want to go to one of those night market ones that oh, you went to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like such a different kind of vibe than – You know, yeah. How I didn't, was it? I didn't like it because it was hard to see. Would you ever sell at a vintage market? I, I do want to try it. I'm interested in trying it. I'm like nervous to do one alone, so I really want to do one where like I can just kind of have a small rack at yeah, yours yeah, yeah, or yeah. like something like that for the first one just because the workload is intimidating to me. Do you feel like you have enough inventory? That's the other thing. I don't feel okay. like I do right now. Yeah. Got to hit the bins. I only have, yeah. I only have 550 yeah, items listed. that's crazy. She was showing me her inventory and it's like, it and seems so minimal like, to me. Everything's, I don't have any unlisted right now. So it's wild. Yeah. you. We've talked about this before. Like you blew through a lot of inventory doing the POS shows. I did. I think the highest I've ever been at was like close to 700 though. Okay. So... Even still, like, because how many active listings do you have? Like, twelve hundred. Yeah, you have a lot. That's like double me. Oh my gosh, where do you I put don't, it all? I might even have more than that. I don't even know. I'll look right now. Plus, well, then you have and you have stuff that is like in process still, right? A little bit. Well, I have a lot of stuff. You know what? A lot of inventory I have is well, not a lot, but like I have a lot of stuff that's like kind of backloaded from the buy sell trade stories because I'll go to the bins and so I'll like pick things up that I'm like, oh, the buy sell trade store, and then if they pat if one of them passes on it, then it just like kind of sits in the corner for yeah. a while until I take it to a different one. Fourteen oh eight available listings. Fourteen oh eight. I think the highest it's been for me is sixteen hundred. Oh my gosh! Wow. I know that's a thousand more items. Than I know. <laughs> so excessive yeah i know i need to step up the sourcing especially like prepping for taking time off for like a maternity leave yeah i've been saying i want to do that and it's like it's hard 
to it's struggle. It's getting to be crunch time. Like I need to do it this yeah. summer or it's not going to happen. Baby's coming. Baby Gillies. Yeah. I guess I do have that inventory too. I just did Indie Clover the last two weeks. Oh, and I just, how did that go for you? Have you talked about it on the episode yet? I So when I last updated, I think I was going to set up the next day. So I haven't updated it at oh. all. And I ended up doing- Spill the tea. Yes. I ended up doing two weeks. The first week, I think my payout was $141. Nice. Which I was happy with because pretty much everything I brought was from the bins or oh, like- Oh, that's great. Very low cost. And then I had brought- a handful of stuff that I got on a really good deal at last chance that I marked higher just to like see how it would do. Yeah. Wh- what did you price things at? I priced like a lot of the bin stuff probably between like $10 and $15. Nice. And then I had a couple like key items I was trying that I had sourced at last chance, but that I've had in my closet now listed for like a month or two or a while. And I marked some of those at like between like 30 and like up to like $50, just depending on what it was, just to see how it would do. So the first week, yeah, I, they paid me out 141 And then I ended up signing on for another week. And I ended up going back to restock the booth. And I think I didn't bring enough stuff the first time. Like it felt like I was bringing so much. And I had been there shopping and it seemed like the booths were so small that I was like worried that I was bringing too much. Mm-hmm. But once I got it all hung up, like I could have easily brought more the first time. So when I came back again, I brought like probably like the same amount of stuff again. Like bin stuff mostly? Yeah, mostly bin stuff. Some of the stuff like was from the bins that week that I just brought like straight there. And I kind of like packed my booth a little bit more full. And I just went and picked everything up this last Friday night. I haven't fully like gone through like I had taken pictures of like some of the stuff that I had brought just kind of keep track of what's Mm -hmm. sold just to learn from it but I know that like I had two items from the first week that were still there um I had these Lisa Sadga like purple like geometric wide leg jeans that I had marked for $50 that I got at last chance for pretty cheap they were still there I had a Michael Kors like black leather purse that I've had in my closet for like a long time <laughs> that I was like, I'm just going to bring it there. And I marked that for $50 and both of those were gone this oh, week. Oh, nice. So I'm nice. already like, okay, that's already a hundred dollars nice. like, <laughs> that I know sold. And then just kind of glancing wow. through. Sounds like it went well. I think that, I think my second week's going to be better. I haven't got the payout yet, but I think it's definitely, it seemed like more stuff had sold just based on like how empty the booth was than the first week. But I don't have an official official number yet. It sounds like it went well. It's a bummer it's, it's that it's, worth it. it's far for you. Yeah, but it it's, is. It's good to diversify the income. Like that's really what I'm trying to. I do really, more of. I really want to keep doing indie clover. Like maybe not really? all the time, but maybe like one week a month or two weeks a month or something. Just kind of have that going on. And especially yeah. while I'm on maternity leave, I feel like yeah. that would be a good thing to do. I know. I want more of like a long term setup because that's. Per week, like you have to renew each week, which you can book ahead. Yeah. But it's also just a little bit expensive, I feel like. Yeah. I want to do more of a long-term booth setup. Yeah, that would be really cool. I know. I Because I, it's fun setting up a booth and just like having somebody else manage it for you. Yeah, it's, it's really nice that they staff it and kind of take care of everything besides just setting up. I see why people like it. And I think Indie Clover is good, especially even if you're a part-time reseller or something like that. It'd be a really good option mm-hmm. every now and again, even like quarterly or something to like kind of keep in rotation. Like almost, I don't know, like I feel like a while ago, I was really good about bringing like 
a bag of either like stale inventory or like stuff from the bins to a buy sell trade store mm -hmm. you could almost use that same go to indie clover for a week then bring it to like buffalo exchange yeah. on your way home and then i know i was just thinking that i almost kind of think it's more worth it to do maybe like higher end items like the 50 dollars items at the booth rather yeah. than because it's like it is more time and effort stocking the booth yeah than it is just like bringing a bag of clothes to a consignment store so i was just thinking that for myself like in the future maybe like doing more of the mall brands and like lower end items at the consignment store and then maybe selecting higher end, like higher resale value items like Lisa Says Ga or like yeah. Michael Force to the um like a booth. But I have to find a, another booth to try out. I, yeah. I could I would do Indie Clover again, but but yeah, having a little more space in a different kind of market would be yeah. cool too. They just did you see they're open on Sundays now? Because I did. Juju and I were complaining about that, how they weren't open on Sundays. <laughs> so now they're now they are. I know. Yeah. No, there's some ups and downs. Actually, we had my cousin Shelby, friend of the show. She's been on a couple episodes because she she doesn't do like full-time reselling or anything, but she she shops secondhand a lot for her two little boys that she has. We've had her on a few episodes to talk about. She's had some success like selling in those Facebook like buy, sell, trade groups uh -huh. and on Kitizen. So she wrote in and they don't have an Indie Clover in Wisconsin by her. But she just saw, I think on Instagram, that I forget what it was called, but it was like basically an Indie Clover setup, but mm. a different, under a different name, small boutique. And it's just in, you know, she lives in near like Eau Claire, Wisconsin, which is kind of up north, not like a huge metropolis or anything like that. And I thought it was interesting if like one of those little, you know, booths set up type buy, sell trade stores is opening there. I wonder... Like, it'd be worth looking into in your area. It yeah. seems like kind of a trend right now. Yeah. I mean, reselling in general and, like, shopping secondhand in general is just popping off, like, more so than it ever has. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Indie Clover Franchise. business model, I guess, is, oh, like, yeah, yeah. it is a cool concept. And I think a lot of people are sick of, you know, you bring yourself to, like, Play-Dohs and you get, like, you $1 no for of, it. Right. No control of how they price items. Yeah. yeah. So it's a cool setup and I, it seems like they're popping up based on what she was saying. They're like, there's one in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin now. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I wonder what you would search if you wanted to see if there was something like that in your area. Yeah. Let me look at what hers was called just in case. I don't know if hers is a franchise or if it's just a one-off. Shine on Eau Claire, it was called. But it seemed like the exact same setup. Hers was like two-week segments, which I think is actually better probably. And it was like $60 for two weeks. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, like that kind of concept is – I was thinking about this. Like they get free marketing because it's like the people who bring their clothes to sell there want to like spread hey, the word. And it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it is such a good business model for the people who own that because it's yeah. like at all of their customers who are like spending money to like have a booth there are also going to like bring in more shoppers and like yeah. do it's, a lot of legwork for them. Seems like they're filling every booth every week from what I can tell. Like – I think they have like 60 something booths or whatever in the Clover and like I did I don't notice think they're empty. really I did notice like initially it was a lot harder to book and now it seems like they have a little more bill Yeah. Openings. But I huh I think that they're doing well. Yeah. It seems and like they use Instagram really well. Like I think yes. they do a good job of like marketing on Instagram and attracting more shoppers and Yeah, they're very active. The on stories, almost every day, they're showing like one item from every booth or uh, maybe oh, every yeah, other day yeah. or something like that, no, just kind of sure, promoting yeah. or like putting outfits together from the different booths. Like they're uh -huh. doing a lot with the yeah, social media. Are. And you know what? Like 
this is a whole other tangent. I was just thinking about like reels and when you're consistent with reels, which I keep, I've been thinking this for a year. I've been thinking this since I lived in Nashville that I should, I should really just do a reel a day for a month, you know, just to see what pops off, just to see like what I enjoy doing. I I really need to do that officially. I should do it. I should just freaking do it. You need to do it because because, then we can get the data of like what that does. The people who are – like I'm thinking of Finds by Chloe and then also this girl Carly Knight who originally was in the reselling world and now she's like kind of niched off into like vintage. Yeah. But like both of them like started off like before me, you know. Like I feel like I already had a more established account than them. And they're like – Carly has like over 100K – uh chloe just posted 50 they're so good about being active yeah it's the consistency like that's one thing that's been like one of my goals just post i feel like you do such a good job at least of like posting like on stories like what you're doing like i am stay in the life of the of a reseller and like i will just like i'll post for like a couple days and then i just ghost for like two weeks and then don't post anything and it's like with social media there's a find balance between like being consistent and you know like using it for your business but then also just posting what you enjoy and like not putting too much pressure on yourself or like stressing about anything because at the end of the day it should be fun like it's a tool for your business but I also want to just use it because I want to use it and like I want to enjoy using it anything else new with you this week not so much another day in the life (laughs) yeah (laughs) I know. I'm Another like day in paradise. I know. I'm just still pregnant. I've been like so tired lately. Your I feel sugar like sugar cravings. Oh my gosh, my sugar cravings could not be coming at a worse time because I also have to do the like glucose gestational diabetes test. <laughs> and like used to be so much more of like like a salt salty girl. Uh-huh. Like I was not much, much of a, a sweet, sweet tooth, tooth yeah. but like the last month I've been eating ice cream like nonstop. I, I can't stop cream. thinking about Krispy Kreme because someone got my hands on one. <laughs> yeah, we had donuts this morning. I know. I got like six donuts for just us good too. too. Those I, I think were the best donuts I've had here because we've gotten donuts like twice before. But those are from the same place. I think it's just because they were fresh they this were more morning. fresh, yeah. We went earlier in the day or you went earlier in the day. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Because most of the time I feel like we've gone in the afternoon. Even when I went yeah, this morning, I'm like all the cases fresh. were full. Like they were ready. Yeah. But yeah, so my sugar – I'm worried about my sugar. I'm worried about this glucose test. I'm going to have to try to be on my best behavior. <laughs> my My doctor even said like like the night before the test, she's like really like, you know, try to like – not have as much sugar because then you're going to have to take this measured amount of like the sugar and the glucose drink. So if you have already a ton of sugar in your system before that, then it's not uh, really giving like an accurate yeah. reading of how your body processes it. I'm like, oh, I didn't think it'd be hard to quit for one night, but <laughs> now I'm thinking it might be a little bit hard. Oh yeah. And then an update from Maddie. So we've been talking a lot about couponing lately. I don't know if you've seen my my stories about it, but I feel like that's what I've been posting on social media lately is all I'm about like, couponing. I'm getting so inspired. Like I told Taylor she should make a reel of like all her best It's crazy. Tips. Like I'm – yes, I'm getting pretty good at couponing at Walgreens. And Maddie is kind of like the OG. Like she used to coupon back when she was in college and then when she lived in Chicago. She kind of said it as like before she found reselling. Now she's like reselling is kind of like scratching the itch of like getting a good deal mm-hmm. on stuff. Before that, couponing was kind of my hobby. Like I would spend like a day like planning my deal and then I would go like get my deal <laughs> and I would come home and like look at my deal and call you and tell you about my deal. 
um, thrill of the deal. We're both so Maddie just had her baby Bethany. Um, she's like about a month old now. Obviously, I'm pregnant. So we've been one of the things you can get a really good deal on is diapers. So we've been like those are expensive too. My mom always tells me. Yeah, that's what everyone says. And it's like, I guess I didn't really know like the going rate of diapers yeah, before before any of this. I've just been keeping that in mind of like trying to stock up. So Maddie did a diaper deal this week. So that was really exciting. She's back. Stay tuned on Shop with Maddie27 on Instagram for more couponing <laughs> updates. Okay, the next thing we want to talk about is a posh news update. Big news on Poshmark this week. They officially announced where Posh Fest 2023 is going to be. It's going to be in San Diego, California. I believe it's October 12th and 13th or somewhere around there. That yeah. That's I think San Diego is a great choice for uh, like a conference like that. I feel like that's such a good destination. It'll be beautiful weather there, I'm sure. True. Yeah. And... I'm just kind of FOMOing in advance because so my due date is September 29th and the the conference is on October 12th. There's no way that I'm going to be able to make it would this you, year. So if you weren't pregnant or weren't going to have a baby, would you be going? Because last think, time was your first podcast. Yeah, I think it is worth going, if especially if it's in a city that's like a convenient location to you, yeah. which I think San Diego for us you know, that's not, that is drivable and very cheap flights. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like the travel expense part of it wouldn't be like crazy to go. And I think it is worth going. It's, it's really fun seeing like the whole community in person like that. I think the parties are really fun. Mm -hmm. I think they, they do do a good job having a good variety of different like workshops and seminars. And like, we had a good time going. I think when we left Posh Fest, Maddie and I's take was kind of like, I think I'd for sure do it once. And I've heard other people say that too, where it's like, it's worth checking out once. I don't think you like need to go to it every year. Yeah. I think if I wasn't pregnant, San Diego would be like a city where I'd be like, okay, like that might make sense to look into it. Yeah. 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 What about you? Which I've ones always, have you been to? I went to the one in Phoenix, which was, was that 2019? Or? That was 2019. Yeah. The end of 2019. That one was lit. It was so fun. That was when I like first started. I like bought the tickets soon after I first started on Poshmark. Like really? it was like, yeah, it was all pretty new to me. And then I went to the one last year and I always thought like it's worth it to go for the community, but like, especially with the, I feel like the price has just increased. The ticket and prices. Yeah. If you've already been, and especially if you're kind of like already familiar with like the Poshmark community and like my take is you could get a lot of like the information for free. Like there's so many resellers who are sharing tips and tricks. You know, there's like the Poshmark blog, YouTubers, like podcasts. I think you could get all the information for free. Like if you haven't been, then it's great to like network. And especially if you're new to the community, it's great to get plugged in that way. But otherwise, like I just want to go to the city to turn up with my friends and like hang out with all the Poshmark besties outside of the conference. Especially now that Poshmark's doing more of those Posh Party lives. Yes. And those are free to go to. You just have to RSVP online. Yeah, and you get free drinks. And like they had food at the one in Scottsdale yeah. last time. Like, yeah. Getting to one of those would be higher priority maybe than going to huh. to Posh Fest But itself. I love – Posh Fest is, is special though. You know, like I, I do always want to go to the city. Yeah. Like last year, luckily, 
I was able to work with Rolo and they sent me to the conference. Yeah. Otherwise, and actually I did, I got to speak for Poshmark. So I would have had a free ticket for that also. If I were to have to pay full price for a conference ticket, having already been to Poshfest and like already being like plugged into the community, I don't think I would pay for the conference, but I would definitely, I always want to go to the city just to like hang out with all the friends that I don't get to see. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think if if you were like brand new to reselling, I think you would get more out of the workshops than if you've been doing it a while. Like, like you're saying, I don't think any of the information information was like totally like game changing right but yeah we had a fun time going to it yeah but i I, that ticket price is expensive we me so me and maddie like two something i think it was like 2.99 or something last year oh my goodness that okay maddie and i so we run like a small ad on our podcast and like very slowly like over the last three years of podcasting we've like accrued a little bit of like uh, cash flow on there so we you we cashed out on our podcast and we ended up using that to pay for the tickets nice which we thought was like a really good use of that yeah. we're like, we didn't really know what we we're gonna do we wanted to do something with that podcast money that was like i don't know something we could do together and that was like special so i feel like that was like the perfect way to use that yeah, but for sure. if we both would have had to pay out of pocket i don't i think it would kind of depend what city and where and Okay, so the main event of today's episode, we're sitting down with Basic Posh Babe herself, Regina, <laughs> for her first interview, I heard. Yeah, first podcast interview. It's true. A Sisters Who Posh exclusive. Oh my gosh, we are honored. This is so exciting. Our first question for you, just the classic question. How did you get started with reselling? Like, when did you find Poshmark? What did that, what's your Posh story? My Posh story. So I was living in New York. And this was 2018, and I wanted to just sell clothes out of my closet, you know, and I had the idea. I was, like, following some, like, fashion bloggers on Instagram, and I thought, like, their stylized, like, OOTD pics were so cute. So I had the idea to, like, make an Instagram account to market the clothes I was selling on Poshmark. And my Poshmark, lol, this is such a fun fact that's, like, way in the archives. My first Poshmark name was Fairy Puppies, but, like, Fairy stylized puppies. with a Z. <laughs> Why'd you change it? <laughs> so funny. That's really funny. Yeah. So this is 2018. No, it didn't stick. And then so from being on Instagram and trying to market my Poshmark closet, I started following other people who were selling on Poshmark. And I noticed that they were thrifting and reselling. They're going to the thrift stores, buying clothes, and then reselling them on Poshmark. At the time, I was just selling my own clothes on Poshmark. So I was like, oh, wait. Like, I've, I love thrifting. Like, I – I didn't like grow up thrifting, but like my mom definitely has taken me to thrift stores before. And like, yeah, I definitely had experience thrifting. So I was like, I could totally do this. And so I hit the Goodwills in New York, bought like $20 rag and bone jeans. But I remember buying like a North Face jacket, just like the early sourcing decisions are always funny. And those rag and bone jeans, like I had them forever because they were like low key kind of like busted, you know, (laughs) like they were not in good condition. I was blinded by the brand. (laughs) But yeah, and then it just grew from there. And I feel like I got my Instagram at a really great time because it was when Poshmark had just started promoting to market on Instagram. It was like when you could do the campaigns for like $10 store credit. I don't know if you remember that. I was too self-conscious to do it when I first started, but we we did. I do remember that where you could link it with like your Facebook or Instagram and post like where I posh from and make like a $10 posh credit. And so- 
Poshmark was really getting everybody to migrate to Instagram. And so I feel like I had my Instagram at a great time because it was like right before that. So everybody was like getting on Instagram to like promote their Poshmark and like we were all finding each other. I don't know when I started, but like at one point I just got obsessed with my Instagram account and was posting every day. And I would like go to bed thinking about what I would post the next day on Instagram. And that's just that consistency that we mentioned earlier is really what like helped build my momentum on Instagram. And I feel like because of Instagram, just all the positive feedback I got. And I loved like the community I was meeting. Like it still is really much like a great sense of community. But even especially back then, I feel like it was like a smaller and like more intimate yeah, just a very encouraging – it still is. I, I love the Poshmark community. But anyways, yeah, I just – I got inspired to just go full-time. It was like – I think I had been reselling for maybe a year. Yeah. And I had just had been doing it part-time. We had moved to Nashville at that point. And it was like a month after moving to Nashville. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go full-time. And I just – I went full-time. I had – I'm the kind of person who's very much like fly by the seat of the pants. Like I had no – real structure, no plan or anything. I was just like, I'm going to do it. You know, I've heard on like different entrepreneurship podcasts, like a quote or something that's like an entrepreneur, like jumps out of a plane and like builds a parachute on the way down. Oh. I feel like that was you like kind of. Yeah, I got really close to the ground <laughs> at certain points, like real close to danger at certain points. But yeah, that's definitely. funny. Um, so with the Instagram so you started your fairy puppies Instagram account <laughs> and and you you've been consistently doing reselling and your Instagram with your reselling business yeah. for like a few years now. Yeah. So where where is your Instagram at now? Like when did you start picking well, up steam? Very early. I started picking up steam like and I remember like my when I first made Posh Ambassador status that oh. was like such a big deal and I made this post and that was like the I, I don't know. It's hard to remember how many, like, the numbers of it all. But I remember, I think I got, like, I should check how many likes it has. Because I can't remember if it hit 100 likes and that's what got me so excited. Like, triple digit said, likes. Like, I'm a posh ambassador. Yeah. It was, like, well, it was, like, this cute photo of, like, me in front of a clothing rack. Oh, my that, God. Yeah. That's so adorable and so cute. Posh ambassador status. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> Like, okay, I remember, me, so me and Maddie started reselling in 2020, May, or maybe I think I started in April and then Maddie started in May and we started the podcast like June 1st. Like we like literally <laughs> had no like experience with reselling. We just started talking about it. And like in some of the early episodes, our goal was like how we were working towards oh, Posh Ambassador yeah. status. Okay. And yeah. in one of them, Maddie was like finishing it up. But when we used to have to do ambassador status, and I wonder if you had to do it this way too, like. There was no like tools for like getting those community right. shares. Like no. we really shared. Yes. hundred like, percent. I don't remember how many thousands of those you had to do. 5,000 community shares or something. 10,000. Man, it's so funny it was to like so remember manual. back. Yeah. The analog days of it all, you know, like. And even I like forgot. sharing my own closet. Yeah. Like, manually. Yes. Three times a day. Yes. Every day. Such there was this life. one tool that came out like probably 2020. I love I loved the tool and I loved the girl who created it. But it was like this tool that like made your closet. Do you remember? It was like the Poshmark sharing tool. And it like re re like uh it like zoomed in. It made the share button like into these big bars. Yes, so you yeah. could like easily click them all. <laughs> yeah. Which is hilarious. Oh my gosh. We so Maddie's husband Bjorn, 
he's just like a super smart guy and very like tech savvy. He built us a sharing tool. Okay, I think I remember you saying this that at one point. It basically like controlled the mouse on the computer so it would click. You could type in how many items you had and then like click run. Dude, and it would run. Yeah. We were gonna sell it. We were like gonna do all this stuff, but then like, po- then we found out of apostrophe like like two months later. He's still better at us because <laughs> we both just jumped ship on his sharing tool. That guy makes so much money. It's could have been could have been Maddie and Beach. Yeah, and then I was like gonna insert myself too, even though I really had nothing <laughs> to do with it. But yeah, the the sharing early on Apostrophe. was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You started your closet. And then, so how much time were you like working somewhere else and like part-time reselling before going to full-time? I think it was like a year. So I, yeah, maybe a year and some change. Cause I think I started reselling the end of 2018 and then I went full-time the beginning of 2020. So it'd be like a year and some change. Gotcha. And okay. So for me, yeah, very similar story, like you know, started reselling my own clothes and got on Instagram, saw people were like thrifting Uh and reselling. I feel like that's so many people's, but I remember like following people on Instagram and then seeing that people were doing this full time. I feel like you were like one of the people for me where I was like, Uh... oh my gosh, like this girl, (laughs) like I'm going to work 40 hours a week at the mall, like COVID happened. So I kind of got a taste of like being a full-time reseller for like a couple months. And it was so hard to go back to like, you know, it was like very similar because it's like I was selling clothes at the mall, but versus like selling clothes for myself at home, making my own schedule. And then like seeing people like you that were full-time ahead of me and being like, okay, that's like what I want to do. That like planted the seed for me. Was there anyone like that for you? Oh, that like who you remember being like, oh, they're doing it full-time. Like I want to do that. Yeah. Well, like the person I remember being inspired by the most is Haley's Hanger. And she knows that. I love her. And like she's she's what she's I love a about a gal too. Oh yeah, Midwest <laughs> girly. What I love about like the community is there's so many different directions you could go. Cause now she's like really doing a lot of like events and like wedding. Like yes. she owns the like wedding venue with her husband, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I love I love her. She was like definitely my biggest inspiration like yes. when I was starting out reselling. I love her account too. And me and Maddie both got married within a year of each other. And Wild. And now was, you're having a baby. Like uh, We're always on the same. <laughs> we're always copying each other's lives. No, just kidding. Um, but we – like when we were planning our weddings, like we were not in the thrifting mindset uh, at all. So it's like we bought all these how vases and stuff. did you spend on your wedding? I don't even remember. We, we were still cheap. Like okay. uh, we didn't spend a like you can really go crazy with it. Like I, I feel like the we still got a good deal. Is Thirty thousand dollars. I know. It's I wild. know. I would have to go back and add up exactly how much, but it was like I feel like now I would have done so many things differently as far oh, as like yeah. thrifting yeah. things and yeah. like I bought so much stuff just on Amazon that it's like right. I didn't even think it was that cute. It was just kind of like it's a good deal and I right. need it. So. Yeah. I love Haley's account because it's like, I feel like she, she just kind of got started like her wedding and then yeah. like renting out the stuff from her wedding and yeah. then kind of building from there, which is really cool. Having that thrifty mindset with like entrepreneurial mindset. Like right. there's so many ways you can go. You know, like what's been challenging for me is being a business owner and be, being an entrepreneur even. Like I feel like some people like Mogi Beth, like Oh, and also um, Empty Hanger. Oh, my God. (gasps) The shirt's from her. Is it? (laughs) She actually was like – so Haley's Hanger, I was very inspired by, like, her style and, like, her creativity. Empty Hanger 
like actually I would watch every single YouTube video and like take notes and like yes. she was inspiring like as far as like propelling my business onward and upward. But yeah, it's, it has been definitely a struggle for me because being like an entrepreneur and like more business minded because I feel a lot more comfortable or like confident with my creativity and like my you're like a marketer. Yeah. Yeah. Like that side of things. And then so it's like actually like crunching numbers and like being like putting my business hat on and like bookkeeping and like thinking in terms of profitability and like efficiency, efficacy. Yeah. I feel like everyone has different talents and you yeah. so shine when it comes to like uh, making thanks. things cute and like promoting your things and also just like not being afraid to like try different ventures thanks. and like, you know, go you will talk more about all the different things you do to diversify your income right now. Oh, yeah. But like what's there's, been a- there's, there's people that, you know, are more talented at like being really business minded, being really profit minded and being really organized on that side of things. And then they would pay someone like you to help do their marketing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Vice versa. I don't know. <laughs> I think the cool thing is like everything is learnable, like even, yes. even marketing and like creativity and trends, like, you can learn. You can learn, yeah. Just like YouTube videos, TikToks, reels, like whatever you're you feel less confident in, like which I like <laughs> I literally need to take my own advice. But like I yeah, like yeah. If you just start like learning a little bit at a time, I feel like learning a little bit at a time, I think will really like motivate you and encourage you in the areas that you feel like less confident in. Right. Right. Yeah. You can the stuff that you like don't like to do with your business, you can always outsource. outsource? That's an option. I know. I'm too cheap to outsource, but I, <laughs> but I need to. It would pay off. So I guess kind of jumping to the different ways you do diversify your income. I feel like that's one thing watching you on social media and now like knowing you in real life too. I mean, you are everywhere. You are like trying vintage markets. You have like live shows scheduled. You are sourcing not just at really one spot you're kind of low cost of goods at the bin sometimes heavy and then sometimes you're you know not afraid to go to like a last chance or a consignment store and pay up for stuff you have a website you have your your posh babe gear yeah what making it come back soon making come back soon you have the podcast making come back soon yeah um how are you balancing all these different ventures maybe like what does it look like right now and like what would you envision it in a perfect world like how would you okay, balance great, it all? great question because that's definitely a struggle like the balancing of it all i think like what's been helpful for me and what i would encourage myself to do and maybe like others if you feel like you're just it's easy for you to try new things and it's hard for you to kind of like hone in is like just to like because i'm the kind of person who's always like go 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 like i feel like i always need to be moving but sometimes it's like most impactful to just like take a break look over everything, like figure out like what's actually moving the needle for you, what you enjoy doing. And also what I've thought recently is kind of like where you spend your time is a great place to start with where you want to sell. Like, cause I've been going to a lot of vintage markets and for a while I was like kind of thinking that I was going to take a really long break from the vintage markets. But now I'm like, you know what? I've been shopping there a lot. I, I might as well just start selling there as well. And like live shows, like I did have a successful Poshmark show and I do want to do them, start doing them more consistently, but I wasn't really watching a lot of live shows. And so I, I kind of feel like spending your time selling wherever you're like already shopping and spending time is a great place to start. 
yeah, I think just looking at the numbers and seeing what's making you money and what you enjoy doing. And yeah, just kind of like, honestly, it's always just been a figure it out as I go kind of thing where like I, I kind of, and I, I like to plan, now I'm starting to plan kind of like per week where I, I'll have a week and be like, okay, like what's my main focus for this week? Like this coming week, I'm like, okay, minimum sourcing because I'm kind of like, I have a lot of inventory. I'll probably go to the bins and last chance maybe once and that will be it. Yeah. And like I have a Posh Babe gear drop coming up. So it's like, that's going to be my main focus for this coming week and another show and that's like your where you find secondhand kind of mm -hmm. more like blank yeah t-shirts yeah. or sweatshirts and then you customize them with a cricket yes yeah yeah i have like my little clothing line it's called posh babe gear and that's all yeah like upcycled my one of my famous ones is i'd rather be thrifting sweatshirt i have one I, I yes yes yeah posh babe gear hashtag posh babe gear um, but yeah, I, I love trying the thing. I'm kind of like you where like I love trying all the new things. And then what's more challenging for me is figuring out, okay, like does this actually move the needle the for me or is it just how fun? You... Yeah. Because a lot of it also is just like me liking the idea of it and liking like the vintage markets. Like honestly, I really liked the title of being – a vintage market seller and yeah. like the clout of like selling at a vintage market, you know? <laughs> it's definitely like, yeah, a thing where it's, you have a little street cred when you're like at the <laughs> bin. They're like, oh, do you sell at Picker's Playground? And yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. And I think it's important. And another thing that I've, that I really think is important is just acknowledging that what was doing well for you a month ago, a few months ago, last year, even a week ago, may not be doing the same just as good today. You know, I think it's important to kind of adjust as needed and adapt to like the changes and growth we see within the community. Because like for live shows, it was those were freaking lit. Yeah, like, and I think though, I think they can make a comeback. I think for me, it's a matter of like what I enjoy doing and then putting all my time and effort into that to grow it. Because I think you, say whatever. you can't really half-ass anything. Oh, like you can't just something. like kind of do the live shows and not promote them or yeah. like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like in order to really see if something is going to be successful, in order to see if something is going to be successful for you, I think you really need to like kind of commit all of your time and energy for like a month or something and then yeah. see, look back and see whether that was worth it or not. Yeah. I know that's like specifically live shows too is like I feel like that's an example of where I was like all in on something for like it was only probably like a six weeks six week period last fall but it was like I was almost changing my whole like business model same, around being like I'm same. just doing live shows I was like Monday <laughs> Wednesday Friday like I was just live and I was in early enough on the beta where you know I don't have like a huge following on Instagram or anything like that but it was like I was getting like 100 people to come to these live shows somehow on Poshmark and they were selling out. And then once it stopped kind of being like that, then I was kind of just, no, nah, I'm not doing live shows at all anymore. And but you know, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's such a fine balance because it's like the people who did do it consistently. consistently some people are still killing it with live yeah, shows. Yeah, they are. Like on whatnot, there's like definitely some kind of like seasoned, like professional whatnot sellers who have just stuck with it. And now they've made a name for themselves on whatnot. Yeah. I think of Steph, like Costura shop. Is oh like yeah. Live on whatnot. Yeah. She and does it seems like she's doing great. And yeah. then I follow, um, Grateful Posture. Do you follow her on Instagram? Oh, sounds familiar. She, 
she's been one where she's been really consistent doing like a weekly live show. I think at the same time every week. On Poshmark or whatnot? On Poshmark. I'm in her, her, she has like an Instagram group during her live show. She'll like say like, oh, like if you want to be added to like this private like group message about my live shows, just send me a message and I'll add you to it. So she's really good about like promoting in that like group message, like, hey, like I'm going, you know, we're going live again on Tuesday at whatever time and like showing sneak peeks from the show. And she gets a consistent audience every week. And I think she's selling out the shows every week. Like it's the consistency. It is. Yeah. You got to have that organization to like get that going. But so you mentioned that when you first started reselling, you were living in New York and you've been a full-time reseller now in like several different cities across the U.S. Plus you have some experience like thrifting, like you have family in Florida or like, you know, just different areas that you've gone to too. How is the thrifting comparing in different cities? Great and like, question. have you had to, you know, I feel like you've moved almost every year. I have. Uh... And not like moving from like Phoenix to Mesa. It's like you're moving states. Right. No, you know, what's crazy is all of my posh anniversaries have been in a different state. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird how that works out. I know. I'm behind. I need to do an Arizona one. But yeah, yeah I've been a full-time posher in three different states now. And then I started out in New York. So like I've yeah. been a Poshmark reseller in four different states. But I'll tell you guys that I, I've actually thought of this as a real idea to like rank the various cities, cities that yeah. I thrifted. The number one city for thrifting for me. Dun, 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 dun. Guess. I feel like I'm biased because I feel like I know because I talked oh, to you. What? Is it Dallas? It's Austin. Austin. Okay. Austin, Texas. They have two different bins. And the consignment stores I went to a lot. I didn't actually hit up the Goodwills so much. All the a lot of, I heard from a lot of girls that the Goodwills were like overpriced. I think I only went gotcha. into one. I hear Austin is the up and coming LA, people say. Oh, it's been like that. Yeah. Like it's it's I I thought about moving there, honestly. It's really? so expensive, is the yeah. thing. But I love Austin. And like I was that was I could easily justify it because it's the best sourcing I've ever had. But sure, the thing is, decision. I haven't sourced in New York. With all my expertise of True. Now. If you had a redo on New York, yeah. maybe you would do better. I, I do plan on going – I'm going to New York this fall. So Very I'll cool. have to report back and see how the thrifting is. But I, the first bins I ever went to were in New York in Long Island City. I can't imagine the bins in New York. That just seems yeah, like – I know. I feel like if I – of how intimidating <laughs> bins yeah. could be. I feel like if I made it through the New York bins, like I could make it through any bin. Oh, yeah. I, I always think that. In the different cities with – you know, these moves, especially yeah. being full-time, do you have to make major adjustments to your business structure yeah, or so like, what does that look like? What's been nice with my inventory, I have it in bins, like the tubs, the Sterilite bins or whatever. Is that the brand, I think? I think so, these yeah. They have for those. free Sterilite. Shout Home out Depot. Sterilite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and then I have an inventory spreadsheet. So it's been really easy to move those bins because it's just all the inventory stays in there and it's the same on my spreadsheet. Yeah. But in Nashville and in New York, I hadn't started using the bins yet. Or actually in the end of Nashville, I, I started using the bins. Yeah. So I would, I would recommend that for like if you think that you might be moving anytime soon, you know, like to maybe get things switched over into the bin system. And like I, I just use Ziploc baggies and that's been easy to move with. And but I will say there is always moving. There's always a long period of like getting back on your feet, especially because this last move I did a huge. I did 
two huge closet sales, which really like wiped out, you know, all of my like good inventory essentially. (laughs) Um, And then it just took me a while to figure out new sourcing spots here to like build up the momentum again, getting, yeah, just getting re-motivated, getting back into the swing of things. It really took a lot longer than I was expecting. So that's always something to account for making a big move where you're not really so familiar with sourcing in that city. But yeah, otherwise it's very doable, like moving and with all your inventory. Yeah. So you started in New York, I'm guessing, since it's New York, you probably had like a pretty small apartment <laughs> yeah, you're I should. with. Taylor, there's a very old video, like one of the first videos on my Instagram. Scroll back, you can um, find it. <laughs> Baby Regina. That was when I was New York posher. And it's my inventory system in New York. So it was like a one bedroom. Yeah. And I had like the cubbies, you know, like the Target cubbies, Mm -hmm. fabric cubbies. And then I would like hang things up in the closet. It was a small, it was a small Poshmark closet. So I didn't have too much inventory, but yeah, yeah, that was my story. What's been like your favorite office setup state that you've had? I mean, in Dallas, we had a huge house and I had like a big room just yeah. for my office and that that definitely was nice but you know i've never had i've never lived in a spot where it's super great natural lighting okay still waiting for that yeah that will really change the game for me because i do model a lot of photos here i kind of make it work but i have to like open up we have the front door where it's like there's the screen and then the like actual like wood door and i always have to open the wood door to allow more light in and yeah. when it's hot i feel like yeah it runs the ac here. you know but I know that's one good thing about Arizona. If you did have a nice window, like it is always pretty much yes. sunny every day here. Yes. You don't have to deal with yeah. much weather. There's you like have... one two week period during the year that rains, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. You have, it seems like you have good natural lighting. As far as like what you're picking up right now when you're thrifting and sourcing, like what brands, what styles are you looking for? What's selling best for you? Okay. Yeah. I feel like. I'm now starting to be more seasonally minded when I source, which I never really had before, but selling at the vintage markets and also doing like the live shows, I feel like I'm trying to source more summer styles and like a lot of slip tops and a lot of Y2K and 90s styles do well, like at the vintage markets and on Depop, which I have been selling. I feel like more so recently, I've been selling a lot on Depop. And I feel like one of the reasons is I've been like changing my pricing strategy, which I haven't talked about. So oh, this yeah. Is this a, is a Sisters of Plastic Yes, exclusive. yes. Um, I used to just like price everything the same like across platforms. But since I use Posher VA to send out like up to like 40% offers at some points of the month. Yeah, your, your pricing means high for Poshmark so you can sell them at the discount. Points, yeah. But you're probably not going into Depop every day and sending offers. No, like on that. Depop, they don't have the option to send out like mass offers to likers, yeah. which actually I've heard that they're like working on. working on that feature. But anyways, yeah, so I've been pricing things lower on Depop and I feel like I've been selling more on Depop because of that. Like I'll price things like 10 to $20 lower on Depop. They actually have a feature in Depop that I just set up like in the last two weeks and I have been making more Depop sales. Where you can just put like a percentage off blanket what? on your whole closet. Oh, oh, um, oh. You go. Yeah, into... I forgot that you I forgot you can send out. You can like do the public. Oh my gosh. Sisters who watch exclusive about me. Oh. Oh, what? I got a Depop notification that one of my items is featured on the Depop homepage. Right now. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> yes, show us. Show no, me. I don't even want to show you because I don't even what? know what it is. Taylor, let me see. I don't know what it is yet. What if it's embarrassing? Why would it be? It's on the cover. Wait, this is so exciting. I've never had this Wait, feature. How do I find out where it is? Let me look on Depop. 
I can't even see. It. Is that you? That's me. Ah! It's a, it's Get Dressed top. for Less. Sweet. It is a vintage Andrea Polizzi for Rex Lester black glitter beaded party tank top. And you might $25. It. It's 50% off. Yes, that's what I was talking about. So in in the market, like, or the little, like, um house little symbol on Depop at the bottom, then you can go to discounts and select, mm. like, either all the items in your closet or some and then you can put like a 10 percent, 25 percent, whatever discount on your whole closet don't look at my depop i looked at a depop taylor's a depop celebrity today featured on the home i've made about eight sales total on depop ever (laughs) so i don't think i'm a depop celebrity but they must be noticing i've been picking up sales recently yeah yeah so and they take less fee they take 10 percent rather than 20 percent yeah yeah so kind of have them price it like what you would be sending the offers out at yeah. But yeah, so I definitely sell. It's so funny that my model shifted this way because I never saw this for myself. And I used to be, I still am sometimes bad about like thinking something is vintage when it's not. But yeah. <laughs> like occasionally. Vintage style. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just had this sweater that I had to delete because I'm like, I hated myself for it. I thought it was vintage. I couldn't find a care tag on it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I think this is like a 1950s like mohair blend sweater or something, you know? I should have known. But like I'm still, you know, from? we all make mistakes. You know, literally. So I have it like I modeled it. I think I had it priced for like $100 or something like this, you know? And then like when I was putting it away, I saw the freaking like it, – it was just like a like Chinese fabric tag, like a printed one. Like it was just like a fast fashion item. Oh. And I was like, oh, don't discredit me, guys. Okay? We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I deleted it. I hated myself for it. Yeah. So like my since Nashville, it happened in Nashville. I when I was sourcing at the bins more often in Nashville, I started picking up a lot more vintage. Gotcha. And so eventually, yeah, it just became easier for me to vintage was just kind of easier for me to source than like the contemporary brands. And I love vintage because you can kind of like set the price of it yourself you know like there's not necessarily comps that you're limited by which even then I feel like you don't have to limit yourself by comps because I feel like you can determine the value of an item depending on yeah but if there's 50 of the same free people on Poshmark yeah 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 find it for cheaper whereas if there's only one or two of this special vintage item yeah then definitely you can kind of set the market price I do love vintage and I think like kind of like trends on Instagram is a great way to and vintage is just becoming more and more popular I feel like with the young kids like I feel yeah. like it's never been in as high of demand as it is now like you know, vintage styles especially like the 90s Y2K stuff my I have a younger cousin who I think he just graduated high school and he was wanting to go through my grandpa's like sweaters and he's been totally just wearing like the like baggy jeans with like kind of like a 80s 90s kind of pullover sweater Swag. and my grandma she just couldn't get over this because <laughs> she's like I can't believe like he would want you know just like talking about the outfits that he was wearing but it's that's totally the style like my mom oh my god I like wished I was recording it she was it was last night and because I wore a slip top yesterday like she was like and she was looking at my top it was the end of the day and she was like you know I think that's like a slip, like an undergarment, you know? <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, it is for sure. And she's just like, 
wow, like what, what does the world come to? You know, you girls just wear that out and about. I was like, yeah, like I was telling you about that. Like, cause I was, when we were going the to the vintage, category yeah, <laughs> literally I, when we were going to the vintage market, I was, cause she wanted like a new slip skirt for like, cause she actually still wears those like under, underneath, not like just when it's see-through, you know, but I was like, oh, you could probably find one at the vintage market. You know, I was like, girls are just wearing those out as skirts. And so yeah, she, I was like, that's what I was telling you. Like people just wear these out and about. And she's like, oh my goodness. She's like, and what you just take like the like slips as a dress and you just put a belt over it and wear it out in the You're day like, literally uh, yes yes with cowboy boots you'd be like the trendiest girl on the block <laughs> just layer it there's so many ways to wear it yeah that's so funny yeah so all the vintage yeah it's fun going sourcing with you like at the bins and like seeing the things you pick up I feel like I've already like learned you have a good eye oh, for nice. the vintage at this point you've been doing it a long time and it's yeah, like you see the potential in something where it's like when you sometimes when you're at the bins you fish something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have a hard time seeing really? the, some seeing of it. it, and then you'll be like, "Oh, and this will be cute, like style like this." And sure enough, then I'll see if, if I like you know if you model it or something like later on Instagram. I'm like, "Oh, that's that sweater." <laughs> yeah, I've seen the vision. I see it now. Very cool. Okay, I just had one more question for you, and then we had a couple questions from the listeners. So we're we'll go fast. I know we're already taking up all your time here. One thing that I love about following you on Instagram is you have a very good morning routine. It's Ooh, very inspiring. I feel you. like you really make a priority to like start the day right, like plan out what you want to do for the day. We were talking about like, you know, having all these different ways you're diversifying your income and all these different like passion projects you have going on within your reselling business. And maybe you're still working on figuring out like a vision for how it all fits into the big picture. But I feel like on a daily basis, you do do a good job of planning it out. Thank you. And how do you do that? Because I am just like such a night owl. I'm, I could sleep in forever. I like want to have a morning routine so bad, but I just don't. Like it just doesn't come naturally to me. What would your tips be for someone like me? Great question. I feel like yeah. Well, for starters, like, I feel like you don't have to be a morning person to have like a great productive day. Like if, if you don't thrive in the morning, like don't force yourself to, if it you want to like start having more of a morning routine, like for me, the number one thing is just like planning out my day, like first thing. Yeah. And like to do that, one thing you can start with is just like the top three things you want to focus on for the day. Okay. Um, I always do that. And then what really helps me is planning out my day. Like, essentially like hourly by hourly, like blocking out yes. what I'm going to do during the day. So it's like once I have my top three in mind, then I'll be like, okay, like it's nine o'clock now, you know, like from nine to 10, I'm going to focus on this from 10 to 12. I'll focus on this. And I literally just plan out my day like that. And I'll say like 85% of the time I'm behind schedule and I don't finish everything that I had planned. The time blocks but, are suggestions. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They're like guidance, you know. And that's when I come back to like the top three. And I also love another thing is like how I want to feel for the day and what I can do to help ensure I feel that way. So it's like a lot of the times it's I want to feel like happy, productive, confident, fun, like those are always up there on the top. What will I do to ensure that I feel this way? Like I'll treat myself, I'll listen to a fun playlist, I'll like not scroll on Instagram, I'll yeah. take mindful breaks, you know? Yeah. And then I also, one thing that I've been really pretty good about, like since moving here in Phoenix particularly, is having a cutoff time. And it's always like my hot girl walks. I'll be like, I got to time them so I could see the sunset. And so it's like, yes, I have that like cutoff at like 7 p.m. right now is my cutoff because that's like when the sun is setting now. 
And so that's been great to just like motivate myself throughout the day to where I'm just like, okay, like got to get this done by seven. Cause then like after my hot girl walk, I'm done for the day. Like, yeah, no, that's a, that's smart. That going for the daily walks during sunset, I feel like that's gotta be just such a good, good for the mood. And that does make a good, nice yes. hard cutoff for your yeah. day. As far as like the morning. Yeah. Like what's a struggle for you or like what? My, my struggle is that I love sleeping in. So it's like, okay. I, I don't have a good sense of urgency to get up when I'm making my own <laughs> schedule. Like, I don't know how, huh. it sounds bad to say out loud. It's just like, no, yeah, I know, like I could I do my Poshmark work so at normal. any time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when I used to go into work at like a job job for someone else, it's like, yeah, I have my schedule. Like I have to be there on time. Like I have to get up for bed. When it's like, oh, tomorrow, like I'm going to go thrifting and like then take photographs in the afternoon or something. It's like, I could really start that at any time. I think, okay, like a tip for that. I think like one thing, if you just have trouble like hitting snooze and staying in bed, like one tip I've heard is like to put your phone on a charger in the bathroom to where you have to get up and then at that point you're already up. And then another thing is like, I always like to work out in the morning. You don't necessarily have to work out, yeah. but like already having like your workout clothes or already having your like day like prep clothes, yeah, like so that like once you're up, like they're already there for you. It's like I think a good tip is is like eliminating any barriers, you know, like yeah. you know you already have your clothes out, you're already up because you had to go like and like also just romanticizing the morning kind of and like having like. Your hydro flask with like lemon and like yeah. Himalayan salt or whatever, you know, and like yes. just kind of like getting things prepped in the morning to where you're excited to like start the day and, you know, yeah. like maybe already like having a coffee recipe that you're going to try out in the morning. Like, yeah, like implementing things that like will get you excited to start to the day and like to. to get up and at them. Yeah. All right, I'm going to try some of those the next week because that's what I yeah. run into. Like in, in my ideal life, Rick goes to work, you know. Uh, Monday through Friday, he gets up at six, he goes in at seven all morning, and then he comes home at 3.30. So what I find is like, if I don't wake up till like nine or 9.30, and then I'm not like yeah. taking Char outside, like eating my breakfast, like it's almost like 10, 10 30, 11 before I'm even like really starting the day. 3.30 comes up quick and he gets <laughs> yeah. home and I'm like, I've done nothing. Like, <laughs> right. it's not a good routine. So I really want to challenge myself to like, for your morning, like what? What time are you getting up? Like, what does it look like for you right now? Yeah. And it's, I'm playing around with like different, like working out before listing, listing before working out. Just like, I I also joined a yoga studio and like one of the classes is 530. So I'm like seeing if I want to try that. Yeah. So I, I usually try and like start the day, like get out of bed by seven. Okay. And then I'll work out. I'll like take care of my dog like he's very needy he's like gotten used to his daily fetch session so we do that and yeah I'll usually try and like lit have my listing and coffee and everything done by like nine and nine or ten and then so I like from ten to seven now is like a window of just work opportunity which like I don't know like I'll take breaks and stuff like this like I'm not working from like ten to seven but right no that seems like doable I need to that seems excessive to say that like it seems just like ten to seven. That's like- not a good work life balance. But like the thing is, this is like literally I, I've had this conversation so many times. But it's like it doesn't always feel like work to me. I feel like yeah. I'm justifying 
working when so you much. love what you do you never work <laughs> yeah. a day in your life <laughs> as they say i think it's just important to find the balance that works for you you know and that's going to look different for everybody yeah interesting no i love seeing your morning routines i feel like i love the morning i bet a lot of people that follow you love seeing um, i feel like you do such a good job like you make a little breakfast you do the workout yeah, yeah, yeah. seems like such an ideal way to start your day i want to i want to <laughs> get there for sure i love the morning Okay, and then we had put on our stories just some questions from some of the listeners of things they want to know about you. Um, okay, one question. This one isn't no one submitted this. This is just for me and Maddie. <laughs> but one of one of our episodes that we do every year, usually during Halloween time, is we do a Halloween series, and one of the episodes is items that haunt us, and it's basically like sourcing mistakes or like those items in your closet where you like. Every once in a while, you scroll by them and you see them, and you're just like, "What oh was I thinking? God. It won't sell." Literally, anything okay, yes. like that comes to mind. Of like, there's a couple tops, like, uh, like Mar probably from Marshalls or something that I sourced in the bins back in Nashville and like modeled, and I see those photos. Those modeled photos, they're still for sale in my Poshmark closet. There's like one terrible one. You guys could find it now if you looked. It's like. A cold shoulder yeah and it's like kind of like boho inspired <laughs> like green like a terrible there's like tassels on the bottom i think and the cold shoulder it's like rope ties yes. oh it's just it's awful i need to freaking oh, get rid of that thing i know there's so many it's always whenever you're doing like <laughs> always the cold shoulder like um copy listings or like relist delist oh, for all those pop up yeah yeah. Okay. And I use Posture V. Well, I don't. I don't do this anymore. But I used to. I, I still use Posture V to relist. I used to have it raise the price. And so oh. some <laughs> of those items, like this terrible, ugly top, is probably listed in my closet for like forty eight dollars or something. <laughs> it just keeps upping it every maybe days. in the fifties. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm, yeah, it's haunting. Everyone makes sourcing mistakes, especially at the beginning. It's just like I don't know what I was thinking on some of these things, and it is a lot of times those like TJ Maxx, Marshalls, yeah, yeah, brands, yeah, yeah, Japna. I don't know. I'm like, why? Why did I even? What? Like, I spent time out of my day to model this and list <laughs> this. Yeah. Sorry. That's so funny. Okay, and then someone said, "Oh, yeah." Someone was asking one reseller mistake you've learned from or adjusted your strategy. Great question. I mean, well, one thing I'm still working on a mistake that I still make is just like not managing my inventory well and like having something sell on both platforms oh. or just like not even being able to find an item. I, you know what I wished I had done earlier is have a detailed inventory spreadsheet to where I know which bin an item is in. Like before it would be like, oh, it could be in one of these four bins, you know, and yeah. I'd have to like dig around. And yeah, I just want to be better about managing my inventory. And I'm going to start using Vendu more, more for that and like marking something as sold immediately yeah. after it sells on on all the platforms. That's a tough one because it, it is – that is as hard to keep up with once you are on multiple platforms. Yeah, especially without – a cross-listing platform like Vendu, like True. to do that manually. That's been something like every – I try to do it every day, but I, I don't. But yeah. every like you know, every time I'm shipping, basically like trying to go into Vendu and like just keep up to date with like what has sold and marking of sold. But yeah, especially if you don't have Vendu, then you have to make sure you go in manually to all of them. That's hard to keep up with for sure. I give myself so much grace. So it's like I don't really hold 
myself like you're not having these these regrets aren't keeping you up at night <laughs> yeah and yeah like it's hard for me to think of mistakes because like i'm just like oh that was a learning that yeah. was a learning opportunity like it's a good outlook <laughs> okay this one's from lily mm. she said are you going to posh fest mm. like i said so if i get a free ticket somehow like i would in. definitely i would definitely accept that like i i think it's really fun and I love being a part of, you know, all the activities. And you've spoken at Posh Fest. Too. I have. You went to your and panel. I would, oh, thanks. I would do it again. I I always have fun, but yeah, it, to me, I can't justify the cost of like the conference ticket, but I will justify the cost of like an Airbnb with the girlies, like going yeah. out to like the after parties and stuff like that. So I'll definitely be at the after parties. I just like may or may not be at the actual. You'll be conference. in San Diego October twelfth. Exactly. Okay. Thank you, Taylor. Good to know. You can find her. <laughs> okay, and then this is a big question. People want to know when is your podcast coming back? Uh, <laughs> you have Posh Babe podcast. Yeah, so tell if people don't know, I, I'm sure they already do, but you have a reselling podcast and you had one before too. So you've been podcasting with reselling for a So I started podcasting with my friend, my PFF, um, Resale Over Retail, Brooke. That was when I was living in Nashville. So that was probably like 2020. We started the Dime Store Cowgirl Stick together. Yes. And we did that for like a year, a little over a year, I think. And then um, I continued with it just solo. And it's now the Posh Babe podcast. I took a long break since moving and getting like resettled here in Phoenix. But we are making a comeback. Yes. I think July will be the month. It's gonna be Posh Girl Summer. Like, yes, I'm. I'm so excited for the summer. I have the Posh Babe gear drop, Posh Girl Summer playlist drop, and then the Posh Babe podcast. It's the Posh Girl Summer. It's the Posh Girl Summer. That's so exciting. So when is the podcast gonna be back? I don't have the official date, but okay. like I'm thinking mid July. Mid July, perfect. Something to look forward to. Beginning to mid July. Yes. Yeah, I'm a fan of the the Posh Babe podcast. Thanks. I love listening to the episodes. So I'm excited for. It's a different. Material. You talked about this. Like it's a different vibe like doing it solo yes it is i know i've only been i've been solo now one month and it's how many episodes have you done by yourself I did, i've recorded i put one out and i have one one queued up it's really hard podcasting alone and it's really hard like maddie and i switched off editing and yeah. um also like outlining the episodes and just even having someone to like brainstorm with about like what episode should be about yeah, I know. Well, that's like one thing I like never shut up. So like, I'm like yeah. Well, actually, I, I thought like, it was gonna be my dream to be like, oh, it's my big <laughs> chance to just like talk with no interruptions. But it's really, it's really hard. I really miss Maddie, challenge. and Aww. it's it's fun. Like that was like this has always been like our like passion Catch project up. together, yeah. and like you know our fun like creative thing that we do together. So I can't wait for her to be back because it's it's just not the same. When is she her, coming but. back? Her plan is come back in July too. So oh, nice. she'll be back. And then, so just a few more weeks of just episodes. Me and I think, don't hold her to it. We're giving her all the grace she needs. She's she's a new mom, so don't hold her to it. But she's thinking she might have time to at least do like a quick 15 minute check-in that we can record together here and there too. So we might splice in like little segments with her uh, into some of the upcoming episodes as well. But yeah, I can't wait for her to be back. That'll be really uh, fun. Yeah. But- I'm really excited for Posh Bay Podcast to come back for sure. You did such a good job with it. Oh, uh, thank you. So fun I, to I do to. have fun. And like, yeah, having this 
little chat, like the podcast here. It's been like fun and it's making me excited to, yeah, to get back in. Well, it was so much fun having you on the podcast. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun. Thanks so much for having me. I've been looking forward to doing this forever, so it's been so fun and... I need to have Sisters Who Posh on the Posh Babe podcast. We're down for sure. For sure. Yeah. In July, Maddie will be back. So lines up Posh Girl Summer. Let's go. And yeah, no, it was fun just learning more about all your different ventures and all of that. So thanks for sharing. Had a great time. And I'm sure everyone already follows you on Instagram, but if they don't, where can they find you? Basic Posh Babe on Instagram. And from there, you can find all the other passion projects. Yay. Awesome. Well, if you like this episode, feel free to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading those. It makes our day. Puts a skip in my step. So feel free to leave us a five-star review there or on Spotify. And if you have any questions or feedback or anything you want to let us know, you can always send us an email to sisterswhoposh at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram at sisterswhoposh. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Love you. Love you, Maddie. Miss you. Bye. Bye.